Well, we're in our series still on the journey, the journey to God knows where, and uh, it's a great series, I think. I think we're talking about good stuff. God is in charge of this spiritual journey that we're taking to, we don't know, but He does, and He leads us along the way. It's an engagement in the real live presence of God in His calling and His gifting and His directing in us. And so this is the series that we've been on, Journeys to God Knows Where. And of course, I'm super reflecting on journeys because I'm about to go on sabbatical. And it was my birthday this week, so Friday was my, was my birthday, and uh, thanks for all your gifts and cards and letters. <laughs> Most of you got me the same thing you got me last year. And... Uh, So I'm reflecting on my journey. We're going on sabbatical. That's what sabbatical is about. Sabbatical is about saying, I've been working, I've been trying, I've been efforting, I've been living, I've been taking my responsibility, and I'm going to stop for a season of time and say, oh yeah, right, actually, I trust God with everything. That's what we do once a week. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what Sabbath is like. That's why it goes back to creation and goes back to the Ten Commandments, as Mike said. We reflect on what's right and what's true and what's real and um, so I'm reflecting on my journey, and we're going to go do that. And uh, bless you, church, for having that kind of, a, of, an, of an investment in your pastoral team. Uh, Art and Ben have gone ahead and had their sabbaticals in the last two years, and so you're kind of well acquainted with that. I'm under no illusions. You will forget that I uh, work here, and then I'll show up again in January. You'll be like, well, right. Are we still paying him? Like, uh, but... Uh, Uh, but it's a great thing. Somebody said, uh, somebody on my committee said, or maybe it was Art. Well, and Art was on my sabbatical committee too. He said, hey, it's really my passion that the congregation understands. This is not a perk you earned. This is an investment our church is making in our future. I hope you can hear that from me, even though I'm the one experiencing the benefit of it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Because we go and we reflect and we refresh on what it is that God's been up to. And that's what reflecting on a journey is about. Now, what, where's my journey taking me? And what's happening in my journey? And how do I interpret what's coming my way? The key questions of life, because life, friends, is basically totally out of control. Anybody give me an affirmation for that? Life is totally out of control. And you have these illusions of control for a few, few minutes in your life sometimes, in a few seasons, right? And you think, all right, everything's just humming along, here we go, and then boom, the wheel falls off. Like, that's just life. And we love those moments where everything is just right on target. But most of life's totally out of control. And if that's true, and we're on a journey to God knows where, then some key questions about life, like what am I offering and what am I accomplishing and what's the objective and the purpose and the mission of this moment right now? What, what, what do I have to bring to the table and what's God trying to do? Those have to be asked in the midst of this everyday out-of-control journey. Those questions have to be asked all the time because every day throws something new and every season throws something different at us. And so I titled this sermon, Our Journey Leads Us to Our Legacy. The journey leads us to our legacy, and, and this is what I mean, because first, friends, the journey, everyday life, and all the twists and turns, the journey leads you to the places where you have responsibility and investment and influence, and, and in fact, even leadership, 
Your everyday journey leads you to places where you get to invest. And those places, friends, will be your legacy. So sometimes we wonder, well, what am I going to accomplish in my life? And when I get, you know, when I finally make my first million dollars, then I'm going to do this. Or when I become a professional baseball player, then I'm going to do that. Or if I was going to be a pastor, then I would do this. And friends, that's never, that when I get there is never happens on our journey. Your legacy is in your everyday journey, which is today. Every season of your journey has your legacy built into it. So that's what I'm trying to communicate by saying our journey leads to our legacy. What are you going to be about? What are you going to accomplish? How will you look back on this last season and go, that's it, I did what I was supposed to do for God. I was who I was supposed to be for God. Well, your everyday journey is going to lead you to those ideas. And I want to use a passage of Scripture, and I'll tell you more about that. I want to, uh, and, and help you understand where I'm trying to come from here, but I want to read passage of Scripture in Exodus. And this is, uh, I've been loving Exodus as part of our uh, sort of scriptural diet during this series of Journey to God Knows Where because it was such an Exodus, it was such an out-of-control journey. I want you to read with me these verses. If you have a Bible, they'll also be on the screen from Exodus 18. And this is, we've studied a couple of the passages just before this. They are not too long into the promised land after escaping from Egypt, the Egyptians, going through the Red Sea, crossing over, having manna uh, fall from heaven, finding water from the rock. These are things that have all happened in the early days of them going into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And Moses is leading his people. In Exodus 18, 13, going on in the narrative, it says this, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I will decide, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Here's Moses, pretty significant job he's been given. They're out in the promised land. He's the leader. He knows God's decrees. He knows God's leadership. He knows God's will. People have a dispute. They come to him. He helps them figure it out. This is where his journey has led up to this time. And his father-in-law goes, so why are you doing this? What's your plan here? And he says, well, people come to me and this is my job. But Moses' father-in-law, verse 17, said, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. That's another way of saying, and if God's in this, then it'll be good advice. If not, well, I'm just saying. That's what we always say to somebody. I'm not really saying, I'm just saying. (laughs) God's in it, then, you know, otherwise I'm just, I mean, I don't, I'm not really saying, I'm I'm just saying. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and his instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. That's what you must do. You should go do that. You should be God's representative. And you ought to teach people about God. But, verse 21, 
But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens, and have them serve as judges for the people. You go teach the people about God. You serve as God's representative. You bring their disputes to God. You pray for those people. You have a different role of leadership, but you should give all that judging to these other people and set up these thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens leaders of those groups of people. Have them serve as judges. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. Verse 23, if you do this and God so commands, I'm just saying, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens, and they served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves And then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here's the sum of this deal. Moses was humming along. He had found in this last season of life a role, a calling. It was significant. He was doing good things, but it turns out it was not exactly anymore what he should have been doing. Did you see that in the text? He found his spot. He was doing life. But all of a sudden, the season changed. God was doing a new thing. His everyday journey brought him to a place where no longer was that what he was supposed to be doing. I'd said that in completely weird English. All of a sudden, that was not the plan anymore. And so by God's leadership, by using a person, a wise person, to come alongside him through the Lord's counsel, basically, Moses was adjusted so that he could be more effective and most significant and, and, and better uh, invested in what God was trying to do. And that, friends, then ensured Moses' legacy because what was happening was he was going to burn out, the people weren't getting their needs met, Israel was not going to survive this, and they would have not gone into the promised land, and God's future through Israel would not have been accomplished. You, you with me on this? Humming along, doing God's thing, new season, got to adjust it, The Lord led to some adjustments. His legacy was ensured. That's the whole point of the text. The journey will lead us to what our legacy should be. Now, you could have imagined that Moses would have been, no, it has to look like this. And we would have missed what God had had for him in that next season. But the journey took its twists and its turns and led to the place of responsibility, the kind of influence, the kind of leadership that would ensure that God's purposes through him got accomplished. Every one of us, every day, is in a season of our journey where we have to ask the question, what will be my legacy from this time? And what do I got to do to ensure that it's going to happen? And that's what I want to look at the rest of the sermon because there's a couple questions that this needs to answer. If our journey leads to our legacy, then we got to ask some key questions. Here's the first one. Are you doing and are you being what this season of the journey is requiring of you? Are you doing what this season of the journey is requiring of you? Are you being what this season of the journey is requiring of you? Uh, is requiring of you? Look at the time and the place that you're in. And man, we're in such a time and a season. The reason we're going on sabbatical right now is, you know, we've been here for eight years. No, seven and a half years. Seven and a little bit. Well, it sure feels like eight. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's a long season. 
humming along, doing what God's called us to do. Uh, we are kicking Tommy out of our house in three days. We're sending him to college, but it's the same thing because we're done with him. He's cooked. He's fully done. And we're taking him out and, and serving him up. Tommy's the last of four kids for us. And uh, so our nest is empty. It's a new season. We've been married 27 years. Well, really? Are you clapping for my wife, aren't you? I know. I know, seriously. You see how close to Jesus she is? That is why, right there, because she had to live with me for 27 years. It's a new season, friends. And we're going to go on sabbatical, and we're going to ask the Lord, hey, wait a minute, in this season, what is it that we do to ensure that the legacy of this season, that the impact of this season is going to happen? Because it's different than the other season. We've got an empty nest. We have adult kids. We have to be married with each other without any kids in the middle. That's terrifying. <laughs> We're going to get restored in, re in our relationship. We're going to reevaluate. Do I believe in God or do I believe in God the way that I, people who get paid to believe in God believe in God? You may not have to ask that question. I've got to ask that question. We've got all these... The journey leads us to this place, and we want to ask the question, am I doing what this season of the journey is required? Requiring of me. What, am I doing it? You see, we got to ask, i got to ask you, friends, have you found your place in this season, in high school, this time in this job, this first five years of your marriage, this, all the ways your journey has led you to this, where you are right now? Have you found your place of, listen, of kingdom, what? Investment of kingdomness. Have you found your place of kingdomness where you see where your gifts and what God's put on your heart to do and your responsibilities and your details of your life and all, where all that stuff is coming together so you're like, right now I know, I know my place for God. I know what that looks like. I know how I'm supposed to be living and who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing and what my influence is. Have you found that place? Can you say that? So if somebody over coffee in the back of the thing after church and standing in the, in the, in the foyer says, so what's your place? What's your kingdomness right now in your season of journey? Could you say, well, my husband's not walking with the Lord. That's a big giant one, man, and I'm loving on him and helping him understand who Jesus is. I got an adult kid who's going through a rough spot in their marriage, so I'm invested in that. I got this job where I got 50 people in my office, but the three cubbies right near me are people that God has really given me a heart for, and so I have lunch once a week with them. I, I keep recognizing that I don't understand God the way I want to, and so I'm committed to a quiet time every single day, except for Sundays, because then you know I just get that as a bonus when I come to church. You know what I mean? What's your kingdom place right now? Where you are in your spot? Are you doing and are you being what in this season of the journey is required of you? If you don't know what that is, it's not some big like when I finally blank. It's your everyday journey. 
It's the junk that has come your way, and it's the blessing that has come your way. And by the way, it's really often hard to tell the difference between the two. But it's your everyday stuff. It's your journey that's leading to the legacy that's going to be of this particular season. And so look around in your world and see what's there and see what opportunities are there and see what blessings are there and see what people are there. Those are your opportunities. It's your everyday people. You're like, man, I'd really like to serve the Lord, but not with the boneheads in my department. Well, it's your department and your journey is leading you to have a legacy of kingdomness in that department. Are you doing and are you being who you need to be to ensure that legacy there. Well, not in my school. None of those people are following Jesus, and they're all super blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It's your school. And your legacy will come from you being and doing who you are to be and what you are to do in that school in this season of your journey. What do you need to do to ensure that that legacy will be there? You with me on this? Go like this, and I'll just move on because you heard it. Oh, I don't have time for this. Okay, I won't do it. Look at self-discipline. It's over there. Right, friends, I want you to be able to say when this journey is over, when you graduate from high school, when you leave that department for the next job, when you whatever, I want you to look back at this season of your journey and you go, Lord Jesus, because of your grace, man, we killed it there. We did everything we were supposed to do and not without some stumbles, but we killed it there, man. And I get to see the fruit of that and I'll be able to know it for the rest of my life. Are you doing and are you being what it is you need to do and be so that this season of your journey, that legacy is ensured? And you probably have to ask this sort of sub-question. Is it still what you need to be doing and being? Or do you got to change something? Because we get super used to just getting in our rut and doing our deal. This is how I love my people in my office. This is how I serve Marin County. This is how I witness in my neighborhood to who Jesus is. This is how I do it. We all get sort of stuck. But Moses was humming along, had a great role, and the Lord said, that was awesome. Not anymore. You're going to lead this way because your new legacy and your new season of journey is going to be something different. And he adjusted Moses. And you probably have to ask that about all that you do and the way that you interact with your... I mean, we're thinking about our, our children and how we interact with our children now that they're adult children. Many of you have gone through this transition. It's totally different, right? You have to just. What's my legacy now? How do I live and be so that my kids now get the investment they need from their dad when he's 52 and they're 22, right? It's a totally different ballgame. If you treat your 22-year-old like a 12-year-old, you're not going to have the legacy that God has for you in this season. Forgive me. <laughs> right? Because every season of your journey, the, the, the intentionality, what God wants to do, the, the stuff that's going to come out of it, God knows what. It's going to be changing it's going to build. And so Moses had this great ministry of being God's leader, and then he had all this stuff that was going on. And you could have said, he's pretty significant. People come, he settles disputes. But God said, I got something way bigger and way different than that. Here's a new job. And maybe you need to be asking, okay, am I doing and being what this season of the journey is requiring of me? And is it still requiring this of me? You hear this stuff from me all the time. I cannot stand the thought that some of you are possibly getting up in the morning 
and not getting that you're a kingdom person today. And not getting that every part of your journey today that God is leading you through through, is an opportunity for an eternal and a spiritual legacy. And every encounter that you have, every bus ride, every human, everything you put your hand to today, every person in your life, whether they're in your life immediately or whether they're your Facebook friends or whether they're your real friends, every single encounter you have is a kingdom thing, friends. And we need those reminders and we need to be asking, am I doing and being what I need to do and be so that that legacy will be ensured? Today, we killed it, God. We killed it today. We love people. We heard your voice. We stepped out. We did it. And I went to bed tonight going, man, I live for God today. How awesome is that? Okay. That's the first question. Are you doing and being what you need to do and be? Second question we have to ask around this everyday journey leading us to our legacy is, well, what needs to be in place to ensure that kingdom legacy from this part of the journey? What needs to be in place then? And, and, and you know, you got to know this is from this part of the journey. Our journeys change. Our seasons change. As we know, you kick your last kid out of the house, new season, different thing. But what needs to be in place then to ensure that the kingdom legacy will happen? Moses, with help from Jethro, realized that he had to implement some stuff. And we look at this passage and we go, oh, that's cool. It's like biblical delegation. It's the first example of, uh, you know, and we know this from our professional worlds. Oh, it's just effective delegation. But that's not really the point of the passage. The point of the passage is, is that Moses was humming along. The Lord had a new set of plans in a new season of his journey. And somebody came along to correct him and assist in it so that, The new stuff could happen. And I want to tell you, if you look back at the scripture, it was a plan. When Jethro said to him, he said, listen, now I'm going to give you some advice. You've got to hear it maybe if the Lord's in it. He goes, you've got to be the people's representative before God, and you have to bring their disputes to him. You have to be, you have to do this part. It's super part of who you are and what God's called you to do, and that can't change. That's important. But And so teach them about God. Teach them his decrees and instructions. Show them the way they're to live and how they're to behave. You be that kind of leader, but, you see it in verse 21? But do this other thing differently. And he puts a plan in place to get a whole bunch of other leaders and to get them delegated and to get them in a place that they're going to do ministry. This isn't just about effective delegation. This is because we can't spend time doing stuff we're not supposed to be doing anymore. And we need a plan in place to ensure our kingdom legacy. Are you that intentional about your walk with God? Are you that intentional about the things that God has called you to in ministry? Are you that intentional about living for God and investing? I hate to think that some of us get up in the morning and float through our day having survived. That's not what it's about. It's about serving him and having a plan to do it. How do do we have a plan? What do I have to do to make that happen? You look at this scripture, there's just these really fun little clues in there. First of all, there's people in place. Do you have people in place to help you make this thing happen? Jethro comes along and is put in this place to help Moses do what he's got to do. It probably wasn't lost on you, right, that Jethro was his father-in-law? Moses was significant. He had great ministry. He was super important. He was a leader. I mean, he was a leader. He was God's man. Moses was the man. And his father-in-law comes along and goes, like all father-in-laws, what you're doing, that's not any good. <laughs> Isn't that great? 
All of you are dealing with your father-in-law issues right now, those that are men that are married. What are you doing? You're not doing... He comes along. But people come into our world and advise us and walk with us and correct us, even outsiders. Jethro wasn't an Israelite. He didn't live among them. He just showed up back on the scene. But God had wisdom through that guy. Who are the people in our world? We say it all the time. Who's this, who's this in your life? Who's in your life that speaks correction and wisdom and perspective that you would ensure that your legacy at this time happens? People that you're accountable to, people that give you wisdom, people that when you sit and you go, every time I'm with you, I get something from you. Who are those people? You got to identify them and you need a plan to get with them. What do I got to do to make sure that this kingdom legacy is going to happen from this part of my journey? Part of what I'm going to do on sabbatical, you guys, is uh, I'm getting together and the little phrase in my sabbatical plan is, with men I need to be with. That's the phrase I wrote. I got to get together with men I need to be with. It's going to be a plan. It's going to be part of my strategy to ensure that the next season of life, I have those voices have spoken significantly into my life. So part of my sabbatical is that I'm going to be going and spending time with men that I know I need to hear from. And not all of them I like, frankly, because they think differently than me. And I need that to ensure that I'm hearing. Because blind spots, by definition, make us blind. We can't see stuff. So we have people in our lives. The second thing I see in here is, do we have a, a plan that's there? And I alluded to it. Do we have a plan? Do we have a plan to make sure that this journey, everything happens that needs to happen for you? You need to be, that you become who it is that you need to be. Do you have a plan for that? That's, I'm famous for saying that. I know that. Many of you guys have said that to me over and over again because I've preached on the plan and on having a plan. And us telling our kids growing up, do you have a plan for that? Because if you don't have a plan for that, guess what? ain't going to happen. In the text, of course, the plan was that he keep doing this, but that he give this away. And in order to give that away, then he needed to get these people in place doing it, and they needed to be set up to do ministry, and then he needed to actually let them do it, and he had to go different, do a different direction. There was a plan in place in the text for Moses to be able to move forward fully into the legacy that he had for the next season of time. How do we plan? How do we put a plan in place? How do we, what do we do? Well, first of all, you know what? I think you need to take a Sabbath. I think you need to take a sabbatical. And if you don't get three months, I understand that. That's just, that's terrible for you. I know. Hashtag spoiled rotten. I totally get it. But a Sabbath is a built-in, regular time where we get alone and we get quiet with God. And we reevaluate. What am I hearing you say? What's my legacy? What needs to be in place? What's not in place that needs to be there? What's in place needs to be given away? I got it. What, how are we doing here, God? Most of us don't make the changes we need to make in our lives and we end up not being as intentional as we should be about seeing our legacy come true, fulfilled, because we don't reflect. We get on autopilot and we just go. Another day, another dollar. We need some Sabbath. We need some time to reflect on it. And one of the things we're going to do with this Sabbath on steroids for Linda and I is that we're, we're going to think about, how do I walk with God every day? How do we live married every day? How do we use our gifts? What are our gifts now, and what do they look like for the church? Because I don't want to be using gifts that I always thought were my greatest gifts, and the Lord's trying to adjust me and have me not use my gifts. 
that way. I'm going to use other gifts. By the way, we're also going to ask the Lord, should, what, you know, should we even go to, back to Marin Covenant? Right? I, I mean, a lot of people go, uh, are you coming back? We're totally coming back. And, I, and, and, and if the Lord tells us that we can't come back, then we'll just disobey Him. But... <laughs> No, 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 the plan is always to come back. We don't, you don't take a sabbatical and then hear the Lord go, you know what, it's time to go to Dubuque. You, you, you take a sabbatical for the investment in the next season. Trust me, we've been asking the Lord for a year. Should we leave or should we go on sabbatical and then come back and kick tail? And he said, you, you go on sabbatical, you come back, kick tail. Okay, you with me on that? Sorry about that, we're coming back, whether you like it or not. But you take some Sabbath and you ask those questions. What do I got to be right now? What do I got to do? What's the plan? How do I do this? We hear the Lord and then the Lord speaks to us. And so we take some sabbatical for sure, some Sabbath and some reflection. But then, but then we make some commitments, friends. I mean, you know commitments. You don't need to. You can make a commitment and it cannot happen. Hello, anybody have a, have a gym membership and you don't even remember how to get there? <laughs> I heard a comedian the other night talking about the gym membership. He goes, I live across the street from it. And I'm like, I'm going to work out every day. And then I missed the first day, and he was like, every other day is fine. I'm going to work out every other day. And then he's like, or once a week. And then at once a week, I'm going to work out. And then he's like, actually, I'm fine with how I look. You know, it just, <laughs> it's how it goes. But having a calendar and having a spreadsheet and having electronic reminders, and having people in our lives, and having accountability, those commitments tend to remind us of what we've known the Lord has spoken to us about and keep us on track, and we mess up all the time. But at least they're in place to help us. What is going to need to be in place so that you become all that you're supposed to be to ensure that the legacy of this season of life will happen for you? You need some people to help you, and you need a plan in place. What are those plans? Friends, I got spreadsheets. You want to see my spreadsheets? I got spreadsheets. I'll make you a spreadsheet. You want to be a man of God's word? Man, I just don't understand God's word. I love it though. And every time I get in a Bible study, I dig in and it's awesome. Make some commitments. Make some commitments. Are you sitting there embarrassed because you don't understand God's word? Make some commitments. I'll give you a spreadsheet. You read it. You study it. You get in a guy's group for lunch on, on Wednesday mornings or, or well, whatever, breakfast group. You, you do a, a men's group on Tuesday night, you go to a Bible study Thursday night, you, every morning you sit in God's Word, you read through the Bible in a year, you write your questions down, and you call a friend at 5.30 every Friday on your way home. What? Make a plan. You want to be parents whose kids grow up desperate for the presence of Jesus in their life? What do you need to put in your life to ensure that that legacy is going to happen? What does it need to look like, friends? I mean, I'll give you all kinds of ideas. You want some ideas? I'll, I'm, oh, I'm full of ideas. But you've got to get with the Lord, and you've got to ask those questions, and then you've got to make some commitments. This is what the Lord has put in my heart to be and to do in this season where my kids are 3 and 4 and 5 or 13, 14, and 15, or 23, 24, 25. This is what my heart is for those kids. Then I've got to ask you, where's the plan? Make some commitments. Get some people in your life to help speak to your blind spots. Make some commitments. Get a plan in place. And then the last one is you just got to, we got to have courage in our lives. We got to have courage in our lives to fulfill our legacies. Why do I say that? Because these are not small things we're talking about. 
This is not about you deciding that you're going to get ahead and make a couple of advanced car payments this year. We're talking about this is giant stuff. This is who you're going to be for the kingdom of God and how you're going to influence the people around you toward that end. That's what this is. And it's going to take courage. It's going to take you courage to hear truth from the Lord and from people who advise you. It's going to take courage to hear truth, to recognize that you're not living into what it is you should be living into, and there's not enough of what it is that you wanted to do invested in your life. It's going to take courage for you to hear that. Man, it's hard to hear that. I haven't been doing what I need to do, and now I've got to repent of it. That's a difficult place to be. I have a friend we actually got sideways in our relationship because it was, kind of go, it, was, it was a tough go and I was calling him on some stuff and I didn't probably do it all that well because I was kind of ticked at him about it. And I'm like, hey man, this is blah, blah, blah. This is how you act and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what? No, you had blah, blah, blah. That's how it went. Just like that. <laughs> Several months later, he had a little powwow around the table with all of his adult kids. And they said, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. And he had heard it from me before. And he had to say to them, that must be true in my life. I didn't know I acted that way toward you guys. And he had to call me and say, I didn't know that that's how I, I was. And I repent of that, and I ask your forgiveness, and I want you to know that I'm getting some great counsel to try to figure that out in my life. Who does that in their 50s? People in their 50s, well, if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. That's what we do. It takes humility. It takes courage to have the humility to hear the truth. I'm not who I need to be. What do I got to do? It takes courage to, to, to hear the truth. And then it takes courage to live out the truth because this is big stuff. It takes boldness and courage to live out the truth. To say, oh, I guess I need to be invested spiritually in my kid, so then what does that look like? I need to be the dad who says, yeah, you know what? Elite, elite soccer, that's not going to happen. And elite soccer is not going to happen because you're not around enough to be invested in the junior high youth program or whatever, and I can't possibly, possibly take the chance that you won't have people around you investing in your life every day so that you'll follow Jesus forever. Did I step on anybody's toes? Take up another sport. You're good at soccer? You'll be great at baseball. Whatever you got to do. It takes courage and boldness to put in our lives what we need to put in our lives to ensure the legacy that God's put for us. Okay. Our journey, friends, leads us to our legacy. Everyday journey, where we are right now, God's got stuff for us. What do I got to do to make sure that I'm living it out? I got to put it in my life. My heart for you, it's my heart for us as we go on sabbatical. When I look ahead, what's my next season? My heart for us is that none of us would miss that we're kingdom people and that we live according to the power and the call and the fruit then of God in our lives. That's what we're about. Or what more do we have than everybody else who doesn't even know Jesus and the good news that's been offered to us? What do you need to be about in this season? And how do you ensure that you get there? Now I'm going to dismiss you with this, this third question. What if I've missed it? What about the past? 
What if I'm at the end of this season of journey and I didn't do any of it? What do I have to offer then? What do I do with that reality? My kids are 25. I didn't do any of it. Been married 10 years. None of my ideals for what that would look like. My witness blown to smithereens already in my place of work. What do I do about the past? I really only have this one truth to offer you, friends. If we know anything about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's about a new start. That today is the day of salvation. Right? It's today. You can't do anything about the past. In fact, the Lord says, you know what? When you repent, I will actually repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. But that's his deal. We come to the Lord today and we say, I want to be your woman today, God. I want to be your man today. And these are my commitments toward tomorrow by your grace. It's all about going. So we give the past to God and we say, God, do your miracle and reclaim that time. We give today to God and we say, what do I do today to live into this legacy to ensure that it's going to happen, including confessing to the people that I haven't invested in my legacy. You know what? I've blown it, and we haven't been in in the kind of relationship we need to be in for the last 10 years, and I get it. Please forgive me. Today, the kingdom of God is at hand. And tomorrow, by God's grace, I'll follow him. If we know anything about the gospel, it's good news, and it's about a new start. Anything short of that, friends, then we just have let the enemy just take us out completely. And we go, well, I guess I lost my kids. Well, I guess I'll never have a witness in my job. Well, I guess I'll never, and I never, and I never. And the enemy's like, done. So stand with me and let me pray over you. Because we're going on sabbatical, me and you. I got nothing I can say to you in the next three months. Did I hear somebody say amen? That's not cool. (laughs) Not cool, man. And so let me give you this call. May today be the day of God's salvation in your life. Salvation from what hasn't happened in the past. Salvation from your own understanding of who you are and who you need to be and brought into the the light of what God has for you. May today be that day and may tomorrow be the next day of that journey of ensuring that the legacy will be fulfilled. So go, friends, in these next three months, especially when I don't get to see you, go in the power of Jesus, in the calling of Jesus, in the grace of slash forgiveness of Jesus. So at the end of these three months, I come back, I go, how was it? You go, I killed it. I killed it with God. I was and I did all that I was to be and to do. May God bless you as you walk with him on this journey to God knows where.